hope you'll be in prayer for me during the time that we stand before you uh, this morning and uh, uh, that that the Lord will enable me to take several things that, that have scattered across my mind and kind of bring them together this morning in a way that would be uh, glorifying to Him and... Uh, and uh, and strengthen you and, and strengthen us as we go out and uh, face all the uh, the things that we face in this old world. So I'll try to piece a, piece, I'll begin by trying to piece a few things together. One, uh, for those of you that were able to go the other night, uh, we had we were blessed to go down to the uh, the annual PTRC gala, and uh, Jonathan Evans was the speaker down there. And uh, for those of you, I do, you know, Jonathan Evans, uh, probably for some people that means something, but uh, his father, Tony Evans, rings a bell, you know, with with most of us out there that uh, uh, that have at least heard of various folks. And so uh, I thought he did a great job the other night of challenging each and every one of us to examine ourselves and think about uh, what kind of what kind of message our lives is sending to those around us. And that... Uh, what would what would people say about us? And uh, uh, if, uh, if, what, if at the end of our days, or even right now, you know, what would people say? What would be the impact of your life? And what could you say the impact of your life had been on those around you? And I thought, boy, that's a great message to ask all of us. You know, is because uh, you're you know all of us are having an impact on the people around us. One way or the other, <laughs> you're impacting them for good or you're impacting them for bad. And so, you know, that question of asking, you know, what kind of impact are you having is kind of a kind of a great question for us to ask ourselves on a daily basis. You know, is that are the things that I'm doing? Am I representing Jesus Christ? Am I being an ambassador for him in this world? Uh by what I, how I live, and what I say, and what I do, and so all of that, and then what kind of impact is that having when I'm doing that, and when I'm not doing that? What kind of impact is that having on those around me? And so, uh, with that, uh, you kind of, kind of hold this over here in one thought of the, the kind of impact that we're having, because we'd like to come back around and think about this. Uh, the Bible, the Bible tells us, and I'll turn over there and read a verse in the, uh, the 11th chapter of Psalms. It says in the 11th, 11th chapter of the book of Psalms, verse 3, If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So, log that, log that one away. <laughs> what kind of impact are we having? If the foundations are destroyed... What can the righteous do? We'll get around to thinking about. Uh, then I want you to think. I think I want you to take a drive around the building and think. If the foundations be destroyed, <laughs> what happens to the building? <laughs> you know, if we we look at what's been going on here around this around us the last several several months, and we see we saw something that was sagging and leaning and cracking and. You know, we had to get in there and jack that thing back up before the building was destroyed, right? Uh, if we if we take that take that visual picture of what we've seen around here, and then and then apply apply that to uh, to a verse over in the seventh chapter of the book of Matthew, uh, and, and I say a verse, a section uh, there where the where the Lord is challenging. Uh, 
challenging his disciples in the Sermon on the Sermon on the Mount, the final final verses of the Sermon on the Mount. And I'm going to turn over there and make sure I read that uh, as we try to piece some thoughts together here this morning. Uh, <clears throat> verse 24, Matthew 7 says, "Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man." If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man who built his house upon a rock. Keep the picture of the foundation in your mind. And what do you do? What what can we do if the if the foundation gets destroyed? And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and they beat upon the house, and it fell, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened to a foolish man to build his house upon the sand. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. So. What kind of impact are we having? What kind of foundation are we built on? And if the foundations get eaten away, what can what can we do? Right? Well one thing in there one thing you can do is you can get in and repair the foundation. But you gotta get back to the foundation. You gotta get back, you know, what they did back here on on our building uh for for people like me and Brother Ronald and others that have, have, have lived around some of this construction work uh, and seen what people do, you know, it's really not that. In, in some ways, it's marvelous to see what they do. But at the same time, they, they, they came back there and they, they decided they were going to put 12 piers around our building uh, to help stabilize the, the foundation. So what they did is they dug a little, little square hole out there around 12 different places around the building. <clears throat> And then they took uh, what they call a helical pier, which looks like a big, which looks like a, a shaft with an auger on the end of it, if you know what an auger is. Uh, and they and they drill that thing down into the ground till it got down to uh, to bedrock or to to a point of resistance, according to how they were torquing that thing. And they said, "Okay, we're on solid ground. Now that we're on solid ground, we can." Latch this thing up under the foundation now, and then we'll use hydraulic pressure to jack this thing up and get the foundation back level again. But they had to get down to solid ground or back to a solid rock before they were before they could do any good for the foundation. Okay? So the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is our cornerstone and our foundation. If we turn over, Derek and I, uh, were, he, he spurred some of this last night. Uh, we, were, we were having a conversation last night and we were talking about uh, some of the portions of things. Brother Adam has talked about some of these things. Brother Derek talked about some of this a few weeks ago when he was here. Uh, the church at Corinth had a problem. Uh, 
And part of their problem, they, they had many problems. <laughs> we'll just talk about one of their problems this morning. One of the problems that they were having was, is they had a group of people uh, that had, had fallen in love and was and were worshiping those that had baptized them or had uh, preached to them more than they were worshiping uh, our Lord and Savior. And... Paul has to come in there and writes this letter, 1 Corinthians uh, letter to them, and has to come back in and set them straight. And to the point where Paul even made the comment, I thank God I didn't baptize any of you except the house of Chloe. He says, I, I'm thankful that I didn't have anything to do with that. Otherwise, you would be, you would, there would be even more of you saying, I'm of Paul. Some were saying, I'm of Paul. I'm of Apollos others of Cephas, and so forth, and because they were going back and looking back and saying, I'm a disciple of, I'm a disciple of Paul. I'm a disciple of Peter. I'm a disciple of Apollos. And, and he tells in, in other portions of Scripture, he says, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. That's, that's to be the marker that we're looking for. That's the cornerstone that we're looking at. That's the foundation that we're looking for. Solid ground that cannot be moved. I mean, we're, we're talking about the rock of rocks, right? I mean, we're talking about the foundation that cannot be changed. Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so when we think about, think about that, I want to go in here and read this because he, he's talking about, he says, For one saith I am Paul, this is for if you're following along, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, verse, uh, verse 4, For while one saith I am of Paul, and another I am of Paulus, are ye not carnal? He says, your problem is you're thinking in a carnal frame of mind that I'm the follower of a man. Ooh, I'm a follower of this person or that person. Oh, look at me. And he says, you need to get out of the carnal mind and get in your spiritual minds and realize that what I'm trying to teach you is to be a follower of Jesus Christ. So he said, uh, I, have, I have planted Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Uh, it, it reminds me, this, this was encouraging to me last night to even think about this portion of Scripture uh, I, I've been here. I've been here long enough. Sister Loretta's been here long enough. I can remember when uh, Sister Doris and I first came to the church. The congregation was probably about the size I'm looking at right here now, more or less. Uh, and in the in in the years since that time, I've seen the church go up. I've seen the church go down, and I've seen it kind of level back at a place about where we were. Uh, some. Close to 30 years ago now, just about, okay? And so, uh, but you know, the commandment to me is not to get so focused on the numbers. It's not that I don't care about the numbers. I should, because when there are no numbers, there is no church, okay? So you need to be concerned about that. My job in the meantime is to preach the Word of God, to sow the seed... Uh, hope Brother Adam waters it, uh, or that he sows it, and I water it, or Brother Derek sows it, and we water it, or some of those here that are serving this place are sowing the Word of God, and in the meantime, God causes it to increase, and I'm not just talking about church numbers now, I'm talking about the fruit of the gospel in your life. 
so that you become a light to those that are in your family and in your community because that's what the purpose of the gospel is. The purpose of the gospel is not to save you uh, uh, for heaven's fair world. Jesus Christ accomplished that upon the cross. Uh, He tells us, if we turn over to 2 Timothy uh, uh, chapter 2 in there, he says uh, uh, this, uh, since, uh, since we're talking about this, uh, uh, this, uh, this theme this morning, we'll go here and read this portion of Scripture. He, say, he talks about a couple of guys over there uh, by the name of Hymenius and Philetus. Uh, Hymenius and Philetus uh, uh, had, had said that the resurrection is past already and destroyed the faith of some. In other words, they were saying Christ has already come back. It's all over and done with. And you guys are left behind. Y'all read that book, right? <laughs> no, I hadn't read the book either, but I've seen the title. And uh, he said, and so he said, and they were destroying the faith of some who concerning the faith, and that's Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 17, we're reading into 18, who concerning the truth have erred, saying the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. God's foundation has not been rattled by false teaching. (laughs) Uh, And I'll tell you that ought to comfort you and me today. Uh, that as we look out across the world, there are many things that are taught about what Jesus Christ accomplished upon the cross. There are those that are teaching that uh, uh, he's coming back next week. He's coming back next year. Uh, when the Bible says no man knoweth the day or the time, uh, uh, there's all kinds of things being taught. But the foundation of God stands sure. God knoweth them that are his. God knows His people, my friends, and He's not going to lose a single one of them because of some false teaching out there. Uh, It's not going to shake His foundation. It's not going to rattle the work of Jesus Christ. What He accomplished, He accomplished there uh, on on the cross. And when He said it's finished, it was finished, it was complete. And so, uh, so there's, there's some things that we need to think about. But if the foundations be destroyed, we say, well, the Bible says the foundation of God stands sure. So what, do you, what did the writer in Psalms mean if the foundations be destroyed? <clears throat> if the foundations be destroyed in your life and in your mind and in your heart, if somehow you get rattled, uh, that's what happens to a lot of young folks today. They grow up going to church, and then somewhere along the way, they get rattled or taught that somehow Jesus Christ is, is some fairy tale, uh, some false teaching, some false thing out there, and their faith gets rattled, and suddenly they're not sure what foundation they're built upon. The Bible tells us, if we turn over, turned over into Hebrews this morning, uh, and, and there, there's something important about about latching in on this because it, when it when it comes right down to it, uh, one thing I one thing I can tell you is there's no uh, if if you're looking, it's kind of like trying to prove uh, kind of like trying to prove creation to a non-creationist. Okay, uh, there's nothing I can absolutely do that proves creation happened the way the Bible says it happened. 
I, there's nothing I can do. And there's nothing I can do uh, to convince you that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. Uh, that uh, And I'm talking about concrete evidential things. That's what I'm talking about. I want you to follow. I don't want to lose you here this morning. I don't want somebody to hear something and say, He said he couldn't prove it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, but what I'm saying is I can't go out there and say, okay, let me show you all the things. Uh, but you know what the Bible says? Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For we must believe, we must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If without your belief, without that faith, without that trust, I know, yes, faith is a fruit of the Spirit. But faith also comes into mind your hearts and lives in a real way. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So as you're hearing the Word of God preached to you this morning uh, and, and Scripture's read to you, we need to understand that without faith, it's impossible for us to, to uh, please Him. And so uh, if we think about this in, in our lives, so I've got to believe, first of all, that that foundation is the right foundation to build on. Now I've tried to I've tried to use some physical examples here this morning uh, to to f- further echo that uh, in your mind that you've got to get down to the to the firm. You know, when they, if you ever see them, sometime you're crossing, uh, you know, let's say a, a big river somewhere. They're building a new interstate through. If it's a small river, they can usually bridge the uh, uh, the piers on that thing on each side of the river. Now you get something like the Mississippi River or something. There'll be a there'll be a pier out there in the middle of the river. Okay. You know what they'll do? They'll take some big con- uh, steel casings and they'll drive them down in that in that river until it gets down to bedrock. Then they'll pump the water out of the center of it, and then they'll go in there and start building a foundation. Uh, you know. So for Brother Adam, I want it's a shame he's not here this morning, as he has this fear of crossing bridges and being on bridges. I want him to understand and be sure, Brother Adam, when you hear this, that it's built on rock. And if and you need to trust, you have to trust that. You know, when you're driving out on that bridge, you've got to trust that somebody did something right. And when you're walking through life, you've got to trust that you're built on the right foundation. And you've got to work to build on the right foundation. So let's get back. I've got, got to go back to First uh, Corinthians. That's where it was. First Corinthians chapter 3. Some said, uh, he says, Apollos planted, um, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that gives the increase. So in your life... If you've seen the fruit of God's grace in your life, of His salvation in your life, you say, well, boy, I heard Brother Charles, he preached, or Brother Adam. I'm telling you, if it's bearing fruit in your life, you praise God who called it, caused it to increase and grow in you. 
okay? Give, give God the credit. If God blesses me to preach it in such a way that you get it, praise God and give Him all the glory that you have, you got it, okay? Because I tell you, I'm not smart enough to apply it to your heart so that it really takes root. I can just preach it, okay? That's, I just do what God, I trust, I try to do what God called me to do and get up here and present it. Try to present it in a way and, th- and meditate and think about it before I get up here enough to try to apply, uh, to, uh, to give the message in such a way that it, it brings a bell with you somewhere. But then what you do with it is up to you. <laughs> Do you apply it in your life? And do you apply it in your everyday living? That's going to be up to you. And if you say, well, God uh, helped me to do this. That's right. God gave the increase. Uh, you know, and, and don't go around saying, well, I hadn't seen any increase in, from the messages in my life. So it must be God's fault. Well, no, maybe you weren't listening to it. Maybe you weren't taking. Maybe you weren't trying to take it away from here and apply it. I got to get back to this. He says, "For we are laborers together with God; ye are God's husbandry; ye are God's building. We're the the fruit and the the vine and so forth of God. We're God's husband. We're God's fertile field. We're God's building." According to the grace of God, which is given unto me, this is Paul, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. That's, you know, it seems kind of weird, but you know, after 30 years, you know, uh, 35, maybe close to 40 years since this building's been built, we had to go back and lay the foundation again. Why? Because it got it had gotten off the foundation. <laughs> foundation had gotten got, and I think it's important for us. You know, a lot of times, I've, I, even I have probably presented this over the years. This same kind of section of scripture. Well, you just go if you get the founder, the cornerstone, and the foundation, and you build on that. And you know, it's like you never have to go back and do anything. No, you got to go back every now and then and make sure you're still on the foundation. Got to make sure you're still built on the rock. Foundation sometimes can kind of get messed up. Sometimes our faith grows weak. Sometimes our thought process gets gets weak. But he says, Paul said, according to the grace of God, which is given to me as a wise master builder, I laid the foundation, and on and a, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth. There's that. There's a take heed. By the way, <laughs> take heed how you how he buildeth thereupon. Be careful. Pay attention. Let the warning signs take and, and pay attention how you build on this foundation. So, okay, so here's, uh, so the foundation can be good. And you can build a terrible building on top of a good foundation. You can build it so structurally out of kilter, out of whack. It doesn't matter how good the foundation is. The building's going to fall down when the first wind comes along. You know, I, I get a kick out of watching some of these. Uh, uh, I was telling Derek last night, I've gotten into this thing, you know, watching HGTV or some of these places, you know, where they, where, they, where they remodel these houses, you know, and all. Are they building off the grid, you know, off the, they build off the grid. I'm like, I don't know why. I, I certainly don't want to be off the grid. But anyway, you know, but it's fascinating to watch them build all this stuff. And 
they get the wall stood up, and then you remember something that you saw that I used to see as a kid uh, because my dad was in the heating and air conditioning work business, and so I'd go around to him to a lot of job sites. You know, he'd summer in the summertime he'd come get me some days, and we'd I'd ride with daddy all over the place looking at jobs and and stuff. So you'd see a lot of of, uh, of walls put up on houses, and so they would always take those walls, they'd put a brace out there on it. Right, hammer a brace out there on it and put it back over here on the ground, or put it inside the building. Well, you know, have they didn't want the wall to fall down before they got the rest of the building put up, right? So, so they put a brace on it, brace that thing up so that it would hold up while they were getting the walls stood up and everything before they put the put the roof on it and all this kind of stuff. So you think about all that. Says <clears throat> how you build on the foundation is important. You you make a mess building on a really good foundation. Uh, but the foundation's good. We know that the foundation for our lives and our salvation is good because it's based on Jesus Christ. So the foundation's good. We just got to take heed how we build thereon. So he says, uh, Paul says, I have laid the foundation, another buildeth thereon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid. Read it right. For for other foundation can no man lay that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. In other words, there's really not any other foundation. Everything else is sand. Everything everything else is sand, and it's going to be destroyed in your life unless you're building on that foundation of Jesus Christ. So he says, uh, now if any man build upon this, on this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. Time's going to tell. <laughs> Time will tell how you built on the foundation. It's going it's to come out. It'll be seen by both you and by those around you what, you, what kind of material you use to build on that foundation. <clears throat> so... Uh, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Well, you better get back on the foundation. That's one thing you better do. And, uh, and we also know over there uh, that the foundation of God is sure. Uh, it's, it's sure. Well, so I want you to think about that because our foundation is sure when it comes to our eternal salvation. doesn't matter what men may do, what men may say. Uh, the work of Jesus Christ on the cross is sure and steadfast. It's complete. It's done. But our daily lives and the foundation that we build on so that we get through this life is, is so, so important uh, to, to what we do going forward. So I'm, I'm going to try to, to hit on uh, three things real, real quickly uh, and say... Uh, the word of God. Let, let's 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 paint this picture with it also, and paint this picture with it also, because the word of God is so important. Uh, when we think about the foundation that we're building on, you've got to know where to go to get the answers you need for how to do things. Right? I mean the. The answer books out. It's 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 like uh, uh, so. Somebody was yesterday. We were talking about. Uh, uh, somebody said, uh, "Well, I wonder how this thing works on this refrigerator, or this freezer, or this stove, or whatever." It says, "I know what we can do." Said, "If we don't have the instruction book, we'll just go to Google and we'll type in the number, and it'll bring up the instruction book right there. You know, online. Everything's out there today. Just Google it." 
Well, Googling won't get you some of the stuff that's in this book, okay? You, you can Google, 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 but it won't, get, it won't get you the answers like this Bible will get you for what you need to know. But we need an instruction book for how to do things. And I'm going to tell you that the, the answer, uh, the answers that we stand in need of are in there. But, it's all, but to me, it's a lot like, uh, boy, Samuel needs to be here this morning, him and Asa. It's kind of like Minecraft, okay? I don't know anything about Minecraft, okay? So what I've, but, I, but I've just watched some stuff, okay? But they go in there and they dig and dig and dig and dig to find the material they need to build a house or build a shop or build tools or make... They have to get in there and dig and dig and dig. And they got to have the right tools to dig certain things or it's not going to not going to be prosperous for them. They they can take an old wood club and just fail away at a rock, and they ain't gonna get any more rocks till they get them a, a steel club or steel tool, and then they can get in there and dig and dig and dig, and then get all kinds of stuff and and build their and build their houses. So uh, I'm gonna tell you today, you can do all kinds of digging, and you have to do a lot of digging to find the right materials. Sometimes, and you got to go into the right. You got to go into the right area, and with the right tools, and do a lot of digging to find out what you need to be, to build things for your life. So, uh, so we got we got married folks. That includes me around here this morning. So let's let's just look real quickly at a couple of things uh, related to marriage and uh, to children. And to, uh, and boy, we surely don't have time to get too far into all that, but that's okay. We can begin, we can begin to build, and then what, maybe if the Lord blesses me to continue to think about some of these things, we'll come back, and every time we come back, we're going to go back to the foundation. We're going to start on the foundation. And the Word of God, the Bible tells us, uh, the Bible itself tells us uh, that all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. So if we want to know what God wants us to do, we've got to go back to Scripture uh, because all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and it's profitable for doctrine, that's teaching, uh, for doctrine, for reproof, uh, that's for somebody to reprove each other. Correction, that means you can find out how to correct yourself and find correction even from others in the Word of God. For doctrine, reproof, correction, for instruction in righteousness, knowing how to do it. Uh, instruction that the man of God, for God's people, might be thoroughly furnished to all good works. Wow. If I just had a, if I just had a, a place that I could go to find out what I need to do, okay, got it for you. It's in the Bible, in God's work, in God's word, in God's instructions to us, and and God's instructions to us have all kinds of things in it. It's not all about what you do. It's some of it's about what you don't do. Uh, some of it's about don't do certain things. Don't do, and and you know uh, one of the things I learned. You know, uh, <clears throat> Elder Sonny Piles was one of the best I have ever heard at taking a scripture and telling a story to go with the scripture to make the the story and the scripture he's talking about come alive. 
Well, we got a whole book of them here. Stories about men that were trying to serve God, trying to do their best, how they messed up, how they, how God continued to love them and care about them even after they messed up. All of that's right here in the Word of God. Wow. It's like a, it's a, it's a, it's a fascinating instruction book, storybook, uh, better than a movie, you know, out there for us to go and, and learn about all these things. So if we turn over to Ephesians, if I can find Ephesians, it's still here in the Bible, I know that. <clears throat> so in Ephesians, uh, husbands and wives. That gets a lot of people out here this morning. Uh, the Bible tells us in, in here uh, this, and I'm just going to dive into the middle of this because, you know, at the end, of, if it would go back, if I go back into the fourth chapter of this book of Ephesians, it would tell us over there to put off the old man and put on the new man. Uh, to, in other words, to put off our fleshly nature as much as we possibly can, put it away, uh, so that we're not uh, uh, so that we're not those people over there that Paul was addressing in, in the Corinthian church, where he says, "He says ye are yet carnal." <laughs> the reason you're not getting this is because you're you're yet carnal. You're still thinking in a carnal mind, and so as he comes over here, he tells uh, the church at Ephesus, he says, "Put off the old man." And the, and the works of the old man. And he says, put on the new man. Uh, and he says, what are they to put off? Put off bitterness and wrath and anger uh, and clamor and evil speaking. Uh, but let all that be put away from you. Uh, and he says, and you be tenderhearted. This is the last two verses of Ephesians 4. You be tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Now, boy, I tell you, you say, well, Brother Charles, I thought you were going to talk about, uh, about marriage. Well, that's a good place to start with marriage. How, how are we going to stay together? How, how, did Christ, how did Christ love us? Well, we get to that down here if we keep going here in Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, but the, the, the way he loves us, his love for us is long-suffering. Right? In spite of what we do and how we act and what we say, God still loves us. Wow, isn't that great? Aren't you glad? <laughs> and then he turns around here and tells us, put off the old man. What? Uh, uh, put away, let, let, uh, let all this, put away bitterness. You know, bitterness just makes you just, just eat you up. People that, that are bitter and angry and mad... And it just it just eats away at them like a sore, and they get worse and worse and worse. He tells us, "Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you, with all malice." You know, anger is a problem that a lot of people have. They they don't know how to control themselves. And I'll tell you, God's word still has the answer. Uh, you know, put away put away these things. How do you do that? By being kind. Be tender-hearted. In other words, look at other people and say, you know what? I'm a lot like that too. Look at their problems. Look at their issues. Look at the things that are going on and say, you know what? I'm a lot like that. And, and, I, and I have been. But, you know, I, I work every day to overcome all that. It's, it's an ongoing battle. 
every day. What kind of impact are you having on people? Huh? Be ye kind, be ye kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Why did God forgive you? He didn't forgive you because you said, Lord, I, I'm, I love you. He, he forgave you because of what Jesus Christ did upon the cross. I'm not saying we shouldn't say, Lord, I love you. Lord, uh, come into my life. Lord, bless me in every way. Help me to be a better servant, a better child. Do all those things. But that's not the reason He forgave you. He forgave you because of what... And he says, you know how you're to forgive other people? It's not because they say, I'm sorry. It's not because they said, I, uh, please forgive me. You're to forgive them because just like the reason God forgave you for Christ's sake. Now, that'll work in a marriage. That'll, that'll put a lot of things away in a marriage. Let's skip... I'm going to skip down uh, to some places here. He says... Uh, Verse twenty of of Ephesians five. I'm just going to skip down there uh, because I got I got to get through some stuff here <laughs> to talk about some of this. We may come back later. He says, "Give give thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ." He talks above that about you know that when we gather together, we're not to be drunk with wine, but we're to be filled with the Spirit. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in our hearts. Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Part of what we are to do, in, part of what we're to do here in the church as church members. You know, and I know Brother Adam has been doing it. If y'all have not been coming on Wednesday nights... <laughs> Uh, there, he's been going through a series by a guy uh, from Ligonier Ministries, which is the uh, R.C. Sproul's, you know, it's the, but it's a, a history of the church. And, and it's been good. It brings out, I'm not saying it's a perfect history, but it brings out a lot of stuff that's interesting. It talks about, you know, the, how they used various, you know, that the, the church, the, the early church began to mimic the hierarchical uh, stru- structure that they saw in government. Okay, they, so they started having priests that were over priests and bishops that were over bishops, you know. But the whole intent was uh, that a, a bishop or an elder uh, was to be equal with the people of the, in, in the church. He just had a gift that they didn't have. But he was to be a pastor teacher to them. And but he was on on a, a a a same plane with them. In other words, as Peter says, he wasn't to lord himself over God's heritage. He was not to be a dictator and a ruler. He was to be a teacher, guider, instructor. Uh, try to in, encourage them like a father, if you would, to try to teach them and train them in the things that they should do. Okay, so he says that we're to give thanks always for all things unto God, our Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. <clears throat> you know, you think today, maybe, maybe this is still good, to, you know, not to every husband. Or to every man, to your own husbands. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as, that word, that phrase even as, it means in like manner, men. 
the, the, the man is the head of the wife in like manner as Christ is head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. How is Christ the head of the church? Okay? Because he died for it. Because he gave his life for it. Uh, men, husbands, Charles, we're to, be, we're to be giving our lives for our wives. And our wives are to submit themselves unto us as unto the Lord. But we got to be like unto the Lord for them to submit themselves to us in a, in a proper respect. We've got to be not lording over them, uh, but we've got to be have a charitable, giving, caring heart trying to do what's best for them. Right? Okay? So he says, Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ... Let wives be subject to their own husbands in everything. But that, you know, that has been so abused over the years of men just ruling like nothing like Christ. (laughs) Nothing like Christ, but ruling over their wives in a lording, threatening, hierarchical way that has nothing to do with, with being like the Lord in their marriage. Loving, caring, charitable, admonishing when necessary. The Lord admonishes us, uh, you know. But being a true leader of the home, I mean, I mean, setting the tone. Uh, uh, all of us, if every one of you this morning wanted to say, "I need a path to follow," I, you know, where I want to point you, I want to point you to the foundation. Back to the foundation. No, no other foundation's been laid. Then that which has been laid, which is Jesus Christ as our Savior, as our role model, as our as the as setting the way and the path for us to go, how we should act and how we should conduct ourselves. Okay, husbands love your wives, uh, even as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for it, that He might sanctify it, set it apart. Sanctification means to be set apart for a holy service. So he set he set his church apart for a holy service unto him. So husbands love your wives even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify it and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. <coughs> so he's not he sanctified. Now how we part of what we need to do is cleanse ourselves through the word of God by by doing the things. So he says, that he might present to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. Y'all have probably heard me say this. Uh, one of those things, I, I credit God. Uh, if I've learned anything in the, in the Bible over the years, I, credit, I need to credit God for all of it, okay? But, but one, of those, one of these things that one day... You know, I'm thinking about this, and I'm like, boom! <laughs> you know, and so you had to say, uh, you know, God kind of opened up a, a deal there one day, and I'm like, wow! Uh, no man, so ought men to love why their wives as their own bodies. I want you men to think about this seriously, because it, it to me it changes the way you look at your wife. Okay. 
For no man, so, so ought men to love wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. Now, when we see that woman, and I want you to dial, dial your time machine back to the garden, and I want you to see a man by the name of Adam that God looked at after he had named all the other creatures, and not that God was surprised. I, I've kind of... I'm kind of overemphasizing what's going on, okay? Uh, Dramatizing? Dramatization. Uh, I'm making it more dramatic. Uh, But God looked around and said, nobody for Adam. And he saw that it wasn't good for the man to be alone. So he caused a deep sleep to fall over Adam. And he took a rib out of Adam's side. And from that rib... He made the woman and brought her to the man. And he looked at her and said, and she was bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. So when we marry when we marry a woman, if we would see that woman, our wife, as being part of ourselves, just like she really was with Adam, then we would then then let's read on. <laughs> So ought men to love their own wi- their wives as their own bodies. Look at her as being you. Look at her as being a flat bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. He that loveth his own wife loveth himself. For no man ever hated his own flesh. No man said, "I think." Well, there are there are dingbats out there, you know, that go around and cut themselves up and do all, you know shoot and whatever else they do to themselves. There are crazy people out there. But in ge- I think what he's saying, in general, no man ever hated his own body and said, you know, I think I'll just go out and see how much harm I can do to myself. <clears throat> he says, no man ever hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. The Lord nourishes us and feeds us and, and, and brings us the things that we need so that we might grow. Grow in the grace and knowledge of Him. Grow in our worship and our service of Him. God's given, given us what we... God cares for us and wants us to grow. He nourishes us and cherishes us. For we are members of His body and of His flesh and of His bones. I mean, He died. We are in Christ. Christ loved us. We were in Him when He died on the cross, and he, when we were, and when He was buried in the tomb, and when He rose again, we were resurrected with Him, because we're His bride. We were there. For this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery to us today. How, it's like, oh, well, how can we be one together? He says. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Don't forget, we're to be one with Him. We are one with Him. Now let's live like we're one with Him. So that we can have the impact that we need to have and recognize that we're built on the right foundation. Build your life on that right foundation. Marriage on the right foundation. If your marriage is built on the right foundation, I'm not talking about just one of you. I'm talking about the husband and the wife together building their marriage on that foundation. 
it's not going to be destroyed. All the storms of life will come. <clears throat> I'm not going to tell you there's not going to be storms because there's going to be plenty of them. We're living in a sin-cursed world, but you will weather the storm together as, as one in Christ, okay? This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let nevertheless, even though I'm talking about Christ to the church, nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. That word reverence, by the way, just means respect. Just respect them, reverence them, honor them, and, and husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. One time there's a formula there for a happy marriage. There's a, there's a formula there to submit ourselves to Him and to live happily and joyfully in this life and then worshiping God together. Now, I'm going to jump on into the sixth chapter real quick just to get some points because uh, there are some younger folks here. Uh, uh, I wish there was another little crew sitting here that's normally here, but that's okay. Uh, maybe they'll hear this again sometime down the road. All right. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now, children, uh, maybe, I should, maybe I should say, parents, be acting like you're in the Lord. Obey your parents in the Lord, <clears throat> for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. <clears throat> My favorite, my favorite, uh, my favorite uh, joke off of this is, you know what happened to the children that didn't honor their parents back in the Old Testament? There, there was a commandment over there. Children, honor your parents. This is the first commandment with promise. What was the promise? That you may live long, that it may be well with you. Because if they didn't, the parents of the Old Testament were supposed to take their children down to the gate and they would be stoned to death. Right? You dishonor the parents? They say, well... We can't have this. This is infectious. <laughs> you know, it might spread. So we take it, we, we stop the problem, okay? But we don't do that today. Thank the Lord. Uh, thank the Lord I wasn't stoned to death. I would have surely been stoned to death a long time ago. And y'all wouldn't even know about me. So there'd be a whole, whole end of a lot of things. But, he, but, but the point is, honor your parents. And, and then, then, follow, then follow the next verse. And ye fathers... Fathers? Why did he say fathers in this verse? Why did he not say mothers? Uh, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> uh, fathers have a tendency to be too hard. Fathers have a tendency to, to, to want to rail down, rail, I mean, get with it. I did. And I thank God I had a wife that would constantly kind of say, Charles, Charles, <laughs> might want to back off that just a little bit there. Uh, fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. Don't be so hard and so mean on them that they, when they get grown, they say, I can't wait to get out of here and have nothing to do with you. Fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. What are you to do? Train them up. Train a child up. Let's, we can turn back over to Proverbs. Train a child up. Teach them. Be a coach. Be a mentor. Uh, 
set the example for them by how you act and what you do as to how they should act and what they should do. Train up a child in the way that he shall go. <clears throat> that don't that doesn't mean uh, I, I'm putting uh, before I read say the quote the rest of the verse. Uh, I'm not going to say when when children there's a thing in children. It's happened somewhere between 13 and 18 or whatever. They know it all. They've learned it all. They've got it all. <clears throat> but it, what you're to do is train up a child in the way that he's to go. And when he's old, that doesn't mean 80. I've heard that said. I've heard that kind of stuff taught from stands. Uh, it means when he gets mature, train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he's old, he'll not depart from it. He will learn the lessons. It will come back. The, the fruit of that, all that seed sowing, all that watering, all that planting will mature. Right? We've seen some of that. <laughs> We've seen some of that with our own children, right? We, you, you just, you train, you teach, you train, you pull your hair out and think I've lost, you know, I've lost it all. They didn't get a thing I was trying to teach them. And then so long, bing, one day it kind of clicks in and they say, Daddy, you were the smartest thing I ever saw. And, and and ten years ago they were you were the stupidest person they ever met right and so <clears throat> train up a child build okay so why why are we doing all this I kind of started all this build on the right foundation right and every now and then you may have to do a foundation check you may have to go around and see if I'm am I still on the foundation am I still building on Jesus Christ is my life still anchored where it needs to be. And am I building on it right? Am I building the right things on that foundation? Foundation's good. Foundation's not going to be destroyed, but I need to build on it so that God will be glorified in my marriage, in my children, in, in my family, and in my community. So that people look around me and say, man, <laughs> what's that guy doing? <laughs> He's having an impact on those around him. I pray all of you would have a greater, more perfect impact on your family and your neighbors and your and your and by that may God be glorified by building on the right foundation. May God bless you is our prayer.